Welcome to Shot Callers, and I'm your host, Dennis Postuma, and today we have a very special guest, Kim Morrison. Kim is a breakthrough coach, mentor, NLP master practitioner, hypnotherapist, and best-selling author, and the founder of 28. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Dennis. It's a privilege. Oh, well, I'm so glad. There's so much to talk about. I'm hoping to get it all in a half hour because... So your background started in aromatherapy. You wanted to be the biggest, the biggest place, right? And so how did you go from getting into it to where you are now? It's, a, it's an interesting one. Look, I, I was, I remember being in Melbourne. I had just moved over from New Zealand and I was in Melbourne and I saw these two women speak on stage and I just knew I sat there looking at them going, I want what they've got. And they had an aromatherapy company. They were kind of like the leaders in Australia at that point. And I went through all their trainings, got my advanced diploma in aromatherapy, and then uh, went on to become one of their international presenters. So I just fell in love. There is something about aromatherapy that, you know, not many people know all the magic. There's lots of things. People think it's a nice smelly thing. It's a great thing. But when you understand the psychology and the language of plants and how they are such an important part of our evolutionary processes and development, then you just can't help but fall in love with these magical potent extracts. Well, I love it. So I, I read your manifesto on your website and all that, all that fun stuff. And, and by the way, that was a beautiful piece. Um, uh, tell me for somebody who's not educated in aromatherapy at all, please dumb it down for me and explain all the health benefits and everything that's a benefit for it. Sure. Look, aromatherapy has been around for thousands of years. It's not a new therapy. So, you know, it's been documented, probably more chemistry orientated and science orientated, probably in the, since the late 20s. But really, this old ancient modality is all about the potent extracts from these plants, from different plant parts. And I guess there's two parts to aromatherapy. There is the physical element where you can place it on the body. It's absorbed by the hair follicle, goes into the bloodstream. And within three to four hours, it's, it does its magic. And then it's excreted via urine, breath, and sweat. And the other way that's maybe even a little bit more powerful is what we call psychoaromatherapy. So the way that smell affects our emotions. And it is the one sense smell that is very closely linked to our emotional centers. So when we inhale a beautiful smell, like an essential oil, all those beautiful chemical constituents travel up the olfactory pathway into the limbic part of the brain. And then via the hypothalamus, we have a biochemical physiological reaction. And within two, three, four seconds, you can feel quite different. So we know, and you could probably do this for yourself, but if you think about smells from your childhood, or maybe Dennis, we could go even more into maybe you went out with someone in your high school years that wore a certain perfume. You've since split up with them, but years later, you're at a party and someone walks past with that same perfume on. You will have an instant physical, biochemical, emotional response to that based on your member and the odor association you had. And depending on how you finished with that relationship, 
it could be feelings of an unrequited love or it could be I hope they're not here or it could depending on how that finished or what happened in that relationship will evoke an emotional response there's nothing else apart maybe from music that can move you in such a way as smell and so I find it really powerful when you understand how each plant in the extract of that essential oil which is like the life force of the plant it really does identify and connect into our own personal life force, which is why I think it has such an esoteric and beautiful emotional element to aromatherapy where you can inhale something and feel better within microseconds. Wow, that's powerful. That's And I mean, I've always heard really, really good things, but I don't know nearly enough to be educated in it. What would I do? So let's say I wanted it for the office, okay? And what what would I do to make it, to really make it an effective tool at the office? Is that possible? <laughs> or am I dreaming? Sure. I mean, everybody that breathes is going to be affected by it. So, you know, I used to drive home from school with the kids, you know, after that after picking them up at school <laughs> and they'd be bickering and arguing in the back seat. And I just put a couple of drops of one of the blends that I'd created, like instant calm, a couple of drops on the tissue, put it into the air conditioning vent, turn that up, turn the music up and not kidding within three to four seconds, you just notice this calm because with the windows up, they can't go anywhere. I've got them and they're <laughs> going to breathe in these beautiful aromatic substances. Same thing. They're mood elevators. So I can put on a diffuser like the one behind me. You put it into the space like your office. You might put something like focus and clarity. These are just blends that I've created. Focus and clarity or energy and vitality or peppermint, rosemary, basil, lemon, black pepper, all of those beautiful activating oils. You could put a couple of drops into that diffuser so up to 10 drops in a space and then within seconds that beautiful the micro particles are filtering throughout the air now here's the magic around pure organic essential oils is they also have these incredible properties they're antimicrobial antibacterial antiviral anti-inflammatory to a lesser or greater degree so the moment you put them on or you're using them in a diffuser or an aroma mist or you're inhaling them on a tissue you are having all of those other qualities that come with it I think that's what makes aromatherapy such a powerful healing modality because it's subtle and one of the greatest things to remember with essential oils, they are so potent. Some of those oils are up to 100 times more concentrated than the plant or the source they've come from. So the beautiful key to aromatherapy is less is more. You don't need a lot. The subtle vibrational healing energy of plants like essential oils, you, it's profound. You do not need a lot to have a huge impact. How, so how does that, I mean, you're with being a breakthrough coach and mentor, how does that lead in i mean obviously that leads into with healing and all of the different properties of aromatherapy how did the did you go did it just become a natural progression to become a coach or a mentor after that i was actually a, a coach counselor in my early 20s after i had run for australia i ended up being the youngest female who set a, a world record for for running 100 miles in less than 24 hours and I used the oils all through that process. And I realized looking back that I'd actually spent four hours off the track 
complaining, whinging, hurting, crying, throwing little tantrums, as you do when you're pushed to the brink of physical exhaustion. And when I got to see the power of the oils and how they worked with me, because one of my teachers turned up and we used the oils for that race. Now, you've got to remember, I had never been a long distance runner. I had run up to 10Ks. I was what you'd call down under a netballer, which is a little bit like basketball. But I played netball to state level, but I'd never gone beyond. So, of course, I'd never run beyond those 10 kilometers in my life. My first race was a 12-hour race. I ran 95.4 kilometers. And that world record race, the 24-hour race, actually gave me a ticket into being uh, in the World Indoor 24-Hour Championships in London. And I'd never thought that I wanted to play netball for New Zealand. I never knew I'd end up running for Australia. So I really started to look at how food, um, mindset, and of course, oils impacted our success. And over the time, I'm now 53, over the time and having children, I was also, I was, I am married to a, who was also an international athlete. Danny played cricket for New Zealand for 10 years. So I used the oils a lot with him as he went through his career. And now we have these two adult children who are both athletes themselves. One's a professional rugby player. The other was a professional dancer. And I realized that, you know, by leading by example, by living up to and into being a role model, not a supermodel, a role model for being the greatest and most best version we possibly can, then ultimately we're all coaches. We're all um, mentoring people to a lesser or greater degree. But I think I just fell into the coaching. There's no accident before COVID hit. I decided I wanted to try and reach more people. So yes, I speak to many crowds, but it was more about how do I touch someone's heart, fill them and really work with them on a weekly basis. And a lot of people don't have the money for personal coaching or they don't think they have the money or the time for it. So I created the self-love and wellness mentorship program where people pay $47 a month and they get me every Tuesday night for one hour of real beautiful Q&A, champion challenge, masterclasses and love seat interviews specifically for them. Well, I was blown away. I launched that in February of 2020. And March 2020 is when our country down under went into lockdown. It became a focal point. And that's, I was only going to do it for the year, but none of them wanted me to stop. And that's growing and growing. And I realized what we crave is community, accountability, respect, to be valued, to work through our shizzle, to understand why we get triggered, to work out what it is that we can do. Now, it's all very good and well learning that or hearing about it but the biggest part that will instigate change is to get rid of any limiting emotions and beliefs take massive action and then focus on what it is that you want not what you don't want so by using essential oils they become part of the self-care self-love rituals of taking care of yourself and that's what i call or call on to be your accountability how to use the oils in a daily way kind of takes the focus off on having to do something and it makes you feel like you're doing something really nice to fill your emotional love tank 
to honor your beautiful body, to respect where you are right here, right now, and to understand more importantly, Dennis, that we are all a work in progress. We are all some days amazing, some moments we're not so great. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago having my team around me and, you know, we've been working on developing a program and we were all exhausted. And my teenage son at that point walked downstairs. He was gutted. There was nothing in the pantry. He was really shitty. He was really upset. And he just goes, there's nothing to freaking eat. And I turned around and told him to pull his head in. And then he said, oh, whatever. And I said, I can't, I can't believe I'm even sharing this with you now. But I turned around and said, oh, go suck yourself, Jacob. I mean, what sort of a person says that? And then he turned around and he goes, oh, if they could all see you now. And it was in that moment that I realized we're all, um, we're all our best, worst versions of ourselves at times. And we all make mistakes. But owning it, being responsible and accountable for those mistakes is actually part of the work. And when you're tired and emotional, you're going through a tough time, of course, things are going to trigger you. So I probably am not about making us into these perfect humans, but more about honoring the imperfections and knowing that we're all imperfectly perfect or perfectly imperfect. And I think that's the beauty of loving oneself is knowing that we are all of those things, all parts of us make us so beautiful, so unique, and truly a lovable individual indeed. Yeah. And that's, I, I really, I, I just saw, actually, I just saw a meme about that, about something about, um, uh, about being, everybody can be nice on a great day or be kind on a great day, but can, it's the days that you're in a hor having a horrible day. Can you be kind on those days? And that's, that really reminds me of that right now. So that's, that's a very good point. So let me ask you, did you see with your group, did you see a lot of with, with, I mean, you probably started this, it seems like almost at a perfect time with everybody going through COVID and going through the pandemic. Have people really turned to you through that, through the, the pandemic and, and really been able to find a positive place to go to in, the, in this situation? I just did one of the calls last night and it was all about the power of meditation and I was setting the challenge for the month of October, um, which is all about doing daily practice of meditation. And I explained all the different ways that we can meditate, be mindful and be fully present. And as I was watching the chat come through, as I then created a beautiful hypnosis for them all as a group, I realized the magic because I said, how much is this helping you? And the feedback that I got was, I feel like I belong. I love the way you explain things. And you know what? It's, it's not that I'm great. It's just that I stepped out of my comfort zone, wanted to create a space where people could come together. I think I'm just the conduit for all of their beauty and expressive selves. And I just show up. And I think part of doing that also keeps me accountable in the work. And having been through that process over the last nearly two years, then I opened up to one-on-one -on -one coaching and I, I, I'm blown away at not only the people that are signing up for that, but the results. That's what interests me the most because every one of us has the potential to leave our story behind, to stop being pulled back into the drama and the negativity of those emotions, beliefs, and really focus on what we value, really focus on what is our motivation strategy, and then really work with the two of those to actually create the life that you desire. Now, that's not to say that you won't have problems or triggers or, or people that annoy you in the future or you know problems like what the world's facing right now 
but it's never about the event or the people. It's about how we show up. So it's not about the coaching or the meditation or the self-love or self-care rituals that I teach. It's like what you just said. It's who are we when we're not meditating, taking care of ourselves in a good space. That's where I love to shift the, the, the real nuance of what it means to work on oneself is who are you? And the other way to think about it is if all the world's television cameras were in your house 24-7, would you be proud of how you were being shown to the world? Because often when we're around the people we love the most, we become our worst enemy sometimes. We think, well, they love us anyway, so I can throw a tantrum. I can spit out these words that are quite venomous because I know at the end of the day they're going to love me and they're not going to leave anyway. So my question to you is always, if the world was beaming in on you right now, how would you show up? How would you be? And is that how you'd want the world to see you? Now, who cares what other people think? Who cares how the world sees you? But ultimately, me in the back of my mind, when I come up into an observation, look at that, I think, yeah, I might screw up. I might tell my son to go suck himself. I might yell and have a meltdown with my daughter. I might say something to my husband that's inappropriate. But the best part of all of that is when I see myself, it's then I ask, hmm, why did I behave like that? I'm tired. I'm being triggered. It's not their fault. And then having the power of not only forgiveness of oneself and them, but also the ability to apologize. So then I created forgiveness and apology rituals because I think that's maybe two of the things that as part of being human, it's very hard to forgive someone who's hurt us. And also to forgive ourselves when we haven't shown up in the best light, but also to apologize to those people or people that you've hurt, but most importantly, how to apologize to yourself. I think that's very powerful, how to apologize and how to forgive yourself. I think that's something that everybody should work on and, and creating a ritual to do that. That's a good, very good point. Um, you, you bring up coaching and were there any mentors or coaches to you that really stuck out and really inspired you to get to where you are? Yeah, look, I, part of being in this work is you participate in the work. I'm constantly being coached. I've had mentors, therapists. <laughs> I've spent lots of money on myself in this area because if I told you my whole story from, you know, I could, I could share with you that, you know, I was sexually abused by three different men growing up. I, my mum and dad went through divorce. I, we, my husband and I, our marriage was on the rocks. We lost our house and all the money we'd earned over 20 years was gone in the GFC financial collapse. I lost my grandmother just as I launched my new business. Um, I've gone to shut the doors three times on my business because it's tough. Now, I can say all of that because I've worked on myself enough to know that that's part of my story. It's not my story. So when I realize it's the power of being mentored through those times, you know, even playing sport, my coaches were incredible mentors to keep showing up. One of my greatest mentors when I was running was a gentleman by the name of Cliff Young, who was the 68-year-old potato farmer who won the inaugural Sydney to Melbourne race back in the 80s. He won that at 68 years of age. And when I got to work with him, he's the one that inspired me to run because when I told him when I was working with him how boring it was to watch, you know, 40 athletes run around a 400-meter track, he was the one that said, well, put your money where your mouth is and run one. And I thought I'd much rather run one than watch one. So his biggest message to, message to me was, you got to remember, it's 90% mental and 10% physical. Now, I've taken that analogy 
through the rest of my life. And when you understand that 10% of how we behave is our conscious behaviors and, and actions and emotions, but what's driving that is 90% of the unconscious mind, things you're not even aware of. So we need coaches and mentors or people that we look up to sometimes. That's why tribal um, philosophies are so powerful because our elders have gone through these times. So you may not have to pay physically for a coach, but you can certainly turn to people that you admire. Who is it that you look up to? And could you spend some time with them and ask them questions? How do you get through tough times? How do you keep showing up? What makes you tick? What have you done to get over your mistakes? What do you do when you fail? How do you be a better version of you in a relationship? Like there is so much we can learn. Then you can look at podcasts that are so free. There's millions of them now. I've been yeah. podcasting for eight years, nine years. And there are so many amazing podcasts out there. You can just pick a topic and you'll find some beautiful answers for free. But for me, I also, when Danny and I went through our real big marriage crisis and our financial crisis, I then went to a mentor, a, a psychologist who worked on spirituality, tapping and understanding that we are more than what we think we are. She was 90 and French. And I talk about her in my book, The Art of Self-Love, because she had such a profound impact on us. But one of her words were, mm, Danny, do you love this woman? And he said, absolutely. And she said, Kim, do you love this man? I said, yes. And she goes, mm, when there's love, there is no problem. <laughs> and I almost called the book that because when you think about it, there's only love or fear. Fear is all the sabotaging behaviors, all the guilt, the, the, the tragedies, the emotions, the stories, the, the, the remorse, the, the anger, the, all of those things that we fear comes out of that place of fear. And the only other opposing beautiful life force is love. And so when you understand the polarities and the importance of experiencing both to understand both, then you realize that it's not about that you'll never have bad things or you'll never feel anger or you'll never not go through tough times. It's just how do you show up? What tools and resources and inner self-belief do you have to get through that? And who do you turn to in those times? Because sometimes we know, not sometimes, we know when emotions are high, intelligence is low. We do not do things well when we're highly volatile and emotional. So I had beautiful Jacqueline. And the other coach that I took on, as I said to you, I nearly closed my business three times, was realizing how important someone like a business coach was for me. And that is how I turned my business over in one year. It grew 400% because I took on a business coach who showed me the things that I didn't know I didn't know. And I think that's the beauty of mentors. It's not what you know, you know. It's not what you know, you don't know. It's what don't you know that you don't know. What is in that unconscious space, that part of you that is actually the, the hidden gem, but also maybe the anchor that's holding you back. So and my husband's my coach. My children are my biggest coach. Human beings are the biggest yeah. coach. It's amazing how much you can look to things and realize how much learning there is. That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> that's just that's very powerful. That's, that's, um, I'm very excited that I got to interview about that today. Um, so tell me, what was it like being a part of Edwina's book, you know, the phenomenal feminine uh, entrepreneur? What, what was it about that? What was it like being interviewed by Edwina? 
Edwina is a super soul. She is those one in a million types who just truly embraces and loves to make other people shine. Out of that, she shines even brighter. But to put your own ego aside, to actually do it for the greater good of entrepreneurs, feminine women, powerful women that are making a difference, made me fall in love with her even more. And this isn't her first rodeo show. She's done this a number of times. She is also a coach who understands how to bring out the best in you. So the questions she asked in the book were profound. They made me really think. And the fact that she called me a phenomenal feminine entrepreneur, oh, it was it was like, wow, you wanted me and 20 other women to be a part. You chose me? Like, I'm still blown away. So to work with her on this project and to see it come to fruition has, has really made me want to raise the bar because she's not only said she's going to do it, not only interviewed it, but then she's turned it into this book, these programs and the ability for other people to be a part of it. She, she's extraordinary. She is what you'd call a phenomenal feminine entrepreneur. Yeah, it's it's a and it's a beautiful book. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. I, seeing the masterpiece that it got put together, it's just um, amazing. And and uh, we're running out of time, but I want to I want to not only how do how do people get a hold of you, Kim? Oh, thank you so much. It's such a privilege to to speak to you and to be a part of this. I still sometimes pinch myself when people say, "How could people get in touch with you?" Because I think. Would they want to? That's a limiting belief, right? Like I think, wow, see, I'm always a work in progress. But if you wanted to, I have my beautiful business, the 28.com, which is the word 20 and the number 8.com is my beautiful business, all the tools and the things that I use to be a part of my self-love and self-care journey. And then if you wanted to reach out to me personally, it's kimmorrison.com. And on Instagram, my favorite social media platform is Kim Morrison and the number 28 at the end. That's where you'll find me. That's awesome. And hopefully, Kim, we have you on the show again. This has been such a pleasure. And uh, I really look forward to reading your book and continuing to follow you. And uh, I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, it's a humbled privilege. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it, Kim. We'll talk to you later. Thank you.